Memorial Health System provides comprehensive health services that meet the needs of the region we serve. And we are proud to present Memorial Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Interventional cardiology is a growing field which very often offers non-surgical options that use a catheter or small flexible tube to repair damaged or weakened vessels, narrowed arteries, or other affected parts of the heart structure. My guest today is Dr. Joseph Mayo. He's an interventional cardiologist with Memorial Health System. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mayo. What exactly is an interventional cardiologist? An interventional cardiologist uh, is a specialist past the basic training of cardiology. A normal cardiologist will have training in internal medicine and then advance on to cardiology training, which typically is four years, and then interventional training is an additional two years. During those two years, you are focused on repairing the heart or repairing the arteries using catheter-based techniques. That includes these days to fixing valves, fixing and delivering a new aortic valve or fixing the mitral valve with something called a mitral clip. So what are the training differences between a cardiologist or an interventional cardiologist? And is this a relatively new field of cardiology? The interventional training started back in the 1980s and has changed quality and length of time since just because the techniques are more demanding and require more years of training. Uh, Every interventional cardiologist is a basic cardiologist, but then the years tacked on after that supply the training and the experience to actually Uh, fix the heart with catheter-based therapies. Such an interesting field that you're in. And what conditions? You mentioned mitral valve using a mitral clip. You, you know, now getting into some more kind of valve disorders. But what other conditions? And have you been typically treating? Well, the most common conditions for an interventional doctor would be to care for a person who has a blocked artery in their heart. And either they recognize that based on symptoms or perhaps they've failed a stress test, in which case a catheterization is performed, the blockage in the artery is is realized and, and pictured on a film, and then the next step is to clear the artery and typically place a stent. So think of the artery as a pipe, The pipe is like a fuel line to the heart. The fuel line is clogged, so the heart is suffering. So you go in and clean the fuel line, place a stent, and now the heart is happy because the engine now is running at full speed. The second uh, case is a patient coming in with a full-blown heart attack. That's a patient who had a blockage probably for longer than he realized But all of a sudden, one day, the blockage becomes so severe that a blood clot forms. When the blood clot forms, the artery is completely closed, 100%, and that's a heart attack off and running. They typically will come to the hospital. The heart attack is obvious on the EKG. The cath lab team is activated. If it happens to be 3 in the morning, it doesn't matter. Everyone drives in from home. 
and then we go through the procedure of opening the artery and stopping the heart attack, typically delivering a stent with that process as well. Is what you do, for the most part, considered minimally invasive? Yes, it's minimally invasive because there are no large incisions. You don't have to sew the incisions shut with sutures. We basically make a puncture wound with a needle. We introduce catheters through this little tiny hole in the arm or the leg and do all the work through these little tiny holes. When you step back and think about that, you're saying, wait a minute, you could go through my leg or arm with a needle hole, get into my heart, and fix it. And the answer is yes, absolutely, that that the technology is available to do that, and it's commonplace. We do that every day now. Isn't that amazing? And so what are the benefits, obviously, and recovery time for the patients? That's exactly right. I have actually worked on NFL football players on a Wednesday, and they have played their NFL football game on that Sunday. So the recovery time is, is very, very quick. So tell us a little bit about the program of interventional cardiology at Memorial Health System. What can patients expect from you and your team? The, we're very lucky at this hospital because we have a collection of very experienced interventional doctors, meaning most everyone here has been doing this for greater than 10 years. In my case, I've been doing it for 30 years. We come from very well-trained institutions. I trained at Stanford. We have other doctors here that trained at Johns Hopkins, New York University, Duke, all of those training areas. So you have highly trained physicians with years of experience, and that usually translates into wonderful outcomes. As as an example of that, we have won awards here at Marietta Memorial being recognized as one of the top 100 hospitals in the country for performing coronary intervention. That, That designation is because the success rates are so high and the complication rates are incredibly low. That's amazing. So looking forward to the next 10 years in this field, what do you feel be some of the most important areas of research? Well, the the next 10 years are going to be fascinating because what's happening now is that open-heart surgery volumes or open-heart surgery patients are declining year by year by year because you, you don't need to do a bypass in an artery if you can clean it and place a stent. And then the secondary to that, open-heart surgery typically would be done to fix an aortic valve or a mitral valve However, those procedures now are being done with catheters. So the result is a lot of open-heart surgeons are now shifting their training, and they're beginning to learn the techniques that the interventional cardiologist does because they see that the whole field of cardiology and cardiovascular surgery is shifting towards catheter-based techniques. And do you have any really best advice about cardiology in the field of interventional cardiology, your best advice about maybe preventing a listener from coming to see you in the first place? Well, the the most important thing is to understand who you are, meaning what is your family history? And if your family history for heart disease is significant, 
you have to realize that you can live a very healthy life. However, your genetics are always there in the background, putting you at risk. And then secondly, everyone over the age of 30 needs to know what their cholesterol levels are because cholesterol is usually made in the liver. You could be the strictest vegetarian in the world and still have high cholesterol levels. And then finally, are you a smoker? Do you have diabetes? All of those factors enter into the equation as to whether it's likely you're going to have heart disease or not. And so people really need to take a step back and look at themselves and say, okay, where do I stand in this whole list of risk categories? How many of those risk categories do I have? And if I have more than two, I probably should be talking to my family doctor about this. And maybe my family doctor will say, you know, you have enough concern that we should get you to a cardiologist to see what he thinks about your heart health. Great advice. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Mayo. You're listening to Memorial Health Radio with Memorial Health System. For more information, please visit mhsystem.org. That's mhsystem.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.